Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. And uh, tell you what, I want to thank our friends at Evergreen Podcast. The uh, production network, look for them online, evergreenpodcast.com. You can hear all of our post shows uh, as they are uh, put up there. I think Leanne does that. Uh, this program, by the way, produced and uh, for a long time now by Jack and Leanne DeLeon. So I appreciate them. Our contributors include Chris uh, Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson in studio, PJ Duran, uh, yours truly, Scott Casburn, as well as uh, Tony Wink. First hour, if you missed it, go back and grab it. It's a good hour. I promise you that. Justin Brayton, Taylor Robert, and uh, Richard Kimes. Did you enjoy the conversation, PJ, with Richard Kimes? Sure did. That was enjoyable. It's for me, looking behind the scenes, I think I learned more than what the, the, the press releases uh, would exhibit. Yeah? I tend to agree with you, sir. It's always you enjoyable. Here, were you here in the studio when we did the two-hour special on uh, helmet and... Uh, Unfortunately, I was out at that time, and I remember it being a big deal. A lot of people talked about it, too. It was a huge deal, and, and I want to thank our friends at uh, Channel 8 here in Des Moines, KCCI-TV, because uh, they'd spent... Um, I think they shot 16 hours of video to boil down into a two-hour segment, and uh, they were very generous with us. But we learned so much about, uh, you know, head injuries, trauma, etc. And I think you folks should do uh, your own self a favor just by doing your own homework. What works for you? What kind of helmets? How many helmet brands do you guys sell? We sell all of them. Quite literally, any helmet on the market we can get. We don't have every single one of them in stock, but we can get any helmet pretty much that is manufactured is something that we have access to. And that's to. at Hicklin Power Sports? That's at Hicklin Power Sports, you bet. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa. And don't cut yourself shy of success. In other words, don't let price be the deciding factor. Remember that you are what you wear. And if you don't, and if... Believe me, you you will pay the price on the other side, and I don't want to see you in the hospital after a uh, trauma. Okay? Good helmet is always worth its weight in gold, and I bet you our next guest would tell you the same. I I would think so. Let's go to our next guest, Caleb. And is it DeCarroll, Caleb? Caleb, are you there? Jack, can we get Caleb online? Um, I'm, he's he's working. We need our. We're needing our guest. <laughs> he's working with Tony. That's all right. Hey Jack, when you get back to us, can we get our guest online? Make him live if you would. Thank you, Jack. Caleb, Sorry. welcome to welcome to Pit Pass. Good to good to have you on the show. And uh, Scott was asking. I'm sure you heard him exactly how you pronounce your last name so we don't butcher it. Yeah, uh, it's DeCarroll, Yep, Carroll. Okay. Well, welcome to the show, Caleb. What I miss? You guys seem like you. No, we were. We were uh, gesticulating because we needed our guest. <laughs> we had just introduced him, and he was on hold. Dead. And Jack, you had, and you had, Jack uh, and you were having a conversation. It's all right. We yeah. got him. <laughs> What's up, Caleb? I'm back. Everything's good. How are you? Good. How are you? So yeah, we're good. Um, I got to ask you though. You decide to uh, show up at Laguna Seca, right? <laughs> 
and go on and just win your first Moto America Twins Cup race. So that's uh, congrat. What prompted you to race? What, what what made you decide to race this class halfway through the season? Um, honestly, uh, just the, just the opportunity that came up. Um, I've I've been sponsored by uh, CJ Zaya for a really long time, and uh, he had also been sponsoring um, Bob Fisher, who actually has done most of the Twins Cup races this season um, on FZ07 and. Um, Bob on and off all the way throughout the season had been kind of, you know, hinting at the fact that he wanted to get me on a bike and he was, uh, maybe going to build a second bike and trying to figure out how he was going to get some funding to, uh, finish it and stuff. And so it ended up just, uh, kind of working out to where the bike got done, um, literally like a week before Laguna and, uh, we, you know, made it happen. Uh, actually I went and tested, uh, out at uh pittsburgh at pit pit race on bob's bike and then so i ended up driving all the way to florida picking up the bike from houston driving all the way to pittsburgh uh driving back to florida back to houston and then i actually flew out to do a race and then came home and then drove all the way to florida and then all the way to laguna uh just to just to be there and make it happen so <laughs> it was uh it was quite a quite a um quite an ordeal getting everything just ready and, and all the ducks in a row to make what's going to happen. So I definitely wanted to make the most of the opportunity. Which you absolutely did. You knocked it out of the park. Sadly, we then have to talk about your, your unfortunate injury shortly thereafter at Thunderhill. Um, have you recovered fully? Breaking a femur is no joke. Uh, anyone who's uh, familiar with bones knows that's the one you really don't want to break when you can avoid it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, the the weekend after Laguna, um, I uh, I was going into a corner on a on an R one, and uh, we ended up losing brakes. Um, so you know, I basically had no way of slowing down, and there was a a wall a little bit ways off the track, and so I couldn't slow down, and then ended up cartwheeling a bunch of times uh, to slow down. Luckily, I didn't hit the wall, and then uh, yeah, ended up with a broken femur. So I've kind of been on the mend um ever since uh the weekend after laguna so monday i was um seven weeks out of surgery and uh i went out to the go-kart track with my buddies and uh yesterday and was riding and uh i've been riding on and off for the last like three weeks or so just uh kind of seeing where i'm at every time i go out and it seems to be you know getting better and better every time we go out on the track so um I definitely don't know if I would call myself 100% right now, but I'm definitely, I definitely can ride. I don't think I'd call myself 100% either, but um, <laughs> was your uh, was your plan to race the rest of the Twins Cup Series this year before that crash? Yeah, that was the plan. So I actually had drove uh, all the way out to California, and then uh, we were going to do Laguna and then stay out there until Sonoma and then drive all the way over to Pittsburgh, do Pittsburgh, and then drive up to New Jersey. Um, and then come back down for Barber. So, yeah, I mean, our plan was to hopefully, you know, finish out the season strong. Um, and that's why I've been I've been working my butt off ever since I crashed to uh, get this thing. The biggest struggle has been uh, range of motion just because all the trauma from, from the surgery uh, with all the scar tissue and everything, um, just going to the gym and 
just stretching it out and breaking through that that scar tissue on the um in there has been one of the biggest struggles but yeah i mean that was that that's been a big motivator was we we wanted to do the rest of the season and i definitely wanted to do another round you know before the season was over so you know i can kind of prove prove to everybody a little bit that it you know laguna wasn't just a, a fluke deal you know i wanted to be hopefully competitive at all the other rounds and uh so we're looking to kind of do the same thing at barber so hopefully we can be up there and um yeah hopefully hopefully my leg is good enough to to be battling in the front that's the plan so cool. see what happens You've been racing a long time, Caleb. For uh, our listeners who don't know, I remember seeing you, and I want to say, do you have a brother or two that also race? Yep. Yeah, I got a uh, two little brothers. One one uh, road raced for a while and um, is now doing downhill mountain biking, and the other one is actually go-kart racing. So. Oh, right on. I remember seeing your... Uh, your family at uh, it had to have been at Barber at probably Aware Grand Nationals, um, maybe twelve or thirteen, fourteen in that zone. Um, I remember seeing, first of all, you and your brothers walking around in the pits. You had very identifiable leathers, and then uh, seeing your names all over the, uh, I mean, literally all over the results as they were posted. I'd come in uh, looking for my own results, and I would see your guys' name at the top, it seemed like, of every race you were in. Um, so it, it cheers to you, and kudos to you. Um it seemed like it was a family affair at that mm-hmm. time, probably. Um, is it still that way? Oh, yeah. I mean, is, is your family still involved in your program? Um, not, not as much as it, as, uh, as it used to be. You know, uh, basically when I was growing up, it would be our, our whole family traveling around in the uh, motorhome or van, whatever we had at, at the certain points. Um, but, but, you know, we always – it was really important um, for my dad that, you know, he kept kept it very family oriented and and uh you know so it wasn't just me and him going to the racetrack every weekend you know my mom and all my brothers would always come with and uh just kind of made it more fun you know just hanging out going to the races on the weekends with the whole family so um that yeah i mean growing up that's how it always was um and now i mean yeah uh kind of kind of similar um here recent uh my dad hasn't been able to go to most of the he he wasn't able to go to laguna um but uh but yeah i mean it still is very family oriented i mean we still do um you know with all the training and everything that we do uh my dad's still pretty pretty involved with everything so where does the name of your team come from uh for moto america (laughs) well roaring toys team right uh, yeah, yeah. CJK so, knows uh, Roaring Toys team. So where does that come from? Yeah, so Bob Fisher is uh, one of the one of the riders who's who's been competing in the Twins class uh, all season. He owns a company called Roaring Toys um, in Sarasota, Florida. They do a ton of custom bike builds, um, okay. mainly mainly like uh, you know stretched uh, busas and like random like. Uh, custom bikes like uh one-off bikes for people um customers he's built uh like custom bikes for Ludacris, and he does a whole bunch of like custom crazy bikes down there and um his passion is racing so you know he races the moto america twins cup and uh he's also the one or 
Roaring Toys is the one to put together the FZ07s that we that we've been racing. So, and are you going to be running at Barber this weekend or no? What, uh, did we cover that? I don't think we covered that. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically, ever since I got injured, this this was uh, the kind of the plan um, was to be back racing. At Bounce Barber back for the, the final one. Yes, you did say that. And what are you racing out there? You're in California, right? Uh, I'm. I actually currently living in Houston, and then I have been doing all the AFM rounds with another team uh, out in California. Um, so I've I've been doing uh, like Thunder Hill and and Button Willow and all those rounds. That, Got you. That's that why. AFM. That's why I thought you were in California because I knew you were racing the series out there. The AFM. Are you uh, running anything? Like, are you? It's right on the heels, probably. Uh, you going to be coming back, like doing the Wera Grand Nationals? Are you still doing that sort of thing? I haven't done Wera in a little while. Uh, mainly, I've mainly just been taking every opportunity I can get. You know, um, just uh, doing doing whatever comes about. And uh, you know, right now I've been doing the AFM with uh, Anderson Racing, and they've given me a really good opportunity. We were. That's actually the, the the bike I was riding when I got hurt. Um, but they gave me the opportunity to do a full full season road racing again with AFM, and then um, so they, there's actually um, a round in October for the AFM races that'll be uh, the last round for that series. So unfortunately, with me breaking my leg here, um, I've missed a couple rounds, a couple races. So um, yeah, I'm just just happy to be back healthy and back riding so any chance you get to a guy as fast as you probably can miss a race or two and still come away with a title any chance you're still gonna be in the any title hunts yeah we're sitting sitting pretty good in the afm um unfortunately with missing uh two rounds i think i'll be sitting like second or third in the 600 championship in a couple of the 600 championships but um in that series uh we're not not uh i mean our, our main goal wasn't really the championship this year we've i've been learning all the tracks out there and we've just been uh kind of using it as a learning year i was testing an r1 for them and we were getting a lot of good data and uh um that's actually the bike that i that i went down on but but anyways yeah just mainly you know testing and getting back on a road race bike because i've been doing motocross for the past uh couple years here and i haven't really road raced much so just getting back on the road race bike this year with afm and then uh and then uh actually bob fisher uh hit me up and after seeing some of the afm results and stuff and he knew i was doing good out there so he's like hey you want to come uh do the twins cup so that's kind of how the whole uh laguna seca thing came about and then uh yeah laguna went super well so then obviously after that uh, it was kind of the kind of always the plan to do the rest of the season but yeah then unfortunately um broke my leg so <laughs> just been kind of trying to heal up from that so who would win uh garrett gerloff or yourself on a motocross track oh man um <laughs> um it's a tough one he doesn't want to upset anybody might have to have a teammate wanna, i don't want to upset anybody but uh straight up racing on a rough motocross track uh i i would probably beat garrett but he would uh he's been smoking me on the supermoto track so i guess i can say that <laughs> how good are you on a motocross track i know you guys ride i mean i know your whole family's bleeds motorcycle yeah. racing but uh how good are you 
Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, last last season, uh, I kind of focused on motocross. I did. Uh, I got my pro license. Well, the year before that, I, I did all the pro ams and all that stuff, and I've uh, been to Loretta's a couple times. And uh, what class? Last year, I um, I went in College Boy and 450B. I think one year, and then the next year, I went. Uh, I want to say All Star and. And for, uh, yeah, I think it was 450B and All-Star the next year. So, And then uh, last year I went and did uh, Millville, was my first pro national, and then I did Ironman at the end of the season um, when it was a mud fest. So. <laughs> did you make it in? Uh, Millville, I missed it by two spots. And uh, Ironman, it was uh, super muddy, and um, I ended up, so basically how it works in the mud pretty much is you get two free laps mm-hmm. and then that third lap is the one that counts. And uh, I went down on my third lap. So I didn't, uh, basically that the time, the lap that the fastest times were set, I made a mistake. So no, I did not make it in, but, uh, it was, it was fun and, uh, it was a good learning opportunity for sure. And I think it definitely helped just, uh, getting out there with those guys. And, um, obviously motocross is a lot more, um, um, what do I, I don't want to say this like brutal and demanding, uh, just demanding and like you can you can really work on your race craft. So I think it really helped uh, going into motocross for a while at that level, um, just to um, see the the pace of everything and how everybody's just giving it everything they have and um, tight racing, getting used to you know making close passes and stuff. Obviously, the road race stuff um, isn't as I mean, it still is, but it's not as uh, um, like contact and and stuff like that. So, um, but I think it really helps, you know, get that get that kind of fighting spirit, you know. (laughs) What I I think motocross is, I believe that if if more motocross guys like yourself or even higher level motocross guys got on a road race bike, and and maybe I'm going to upset somebody here, but I believe that they would be. I, I really think that if if you are good on a motocross tra- track and you really are good at controlling the motorcycle, you get on a on a sport bike, you get on a track, do a track day, you you know the motorcycle moving around underneath you, braking, all that stuff, you you have a better understanding of it than than anybody else, and I think that you can go in there and be competitive a lot sooner once you you're taught you know the technique and that sort of thing on how to. To, to lean on the motorcycle and, and move your butt around and stuff like that more. Um, I, I think that you can just kill it. And I really believe that a good motocrosser is a good road racer with just a little bit of training and practice. Would you disagree? No, for sure. I mean, I, I think motoc- motocross has been a huge uh, help for me. Like growing up, that's all we did. Uh, I lived right next to Millville, Minnesota, um, next to the national track, my whole growing up, basically yep. my whole life. Um, so we would go out there every weekend and, and we'd be riding and then uh it made the transition pretty easy um you know just because you get all those skills of of uh you know looking ahead squeezing your knees um you know just just all all this stuff um there's so much stuff that's happening on the motocross track ruts are changing things are moving um you know changing every lap 
And so I think it really, really develops you as a rider and just like having skills on a motorcycle just in general. And then it made the switch to road racing pretty um, easier, I guess uh, I should say, Um, just because we jumped on road race bikes and actually our first year jumping on road race bikes, we were motocross kids and we came down to Texas, um, never seen a road race track before, never even put the, you know, the helmet without the visor on. And we're like, this is weird. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we went out and, uh, I won every single race that my brother got second in, in every race. And then we ended up winning the five hour endurance race that we did together. And, uh, after that, we were like, huh, maybe we should look into this road racing thing. <laughs> it's not a bad gig at all. And it, but, but I think for sure, definitely, definitely growing up with a motocross background, um, definitely made the transition, uh, into, into road racing a little bit easier. There is some differences and i think um just being just being fast on a road race bike it's hard to it's hard to uh when you're when you're a motocross guy it's hard to like you almost have to like calm yourself down and like be patient because you want to rush things and and uh because there's just there's just so much other stuff happening on the motocross bike and then you get on the road race bike and it's almost and you got your earplugs in and everything and it's almost like um you know, everything's a lot quieter and, and, uh, it's, 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 it is a little bit of a change, but, but yeah, growing up riding motocross definitely made the transition easier for sure. Did you come down to, I I, I remember you guys coming down. It seems like we had a race either at my track in Winterset, Iowa, or maybe it was in seven Oaks at the ski resort. Did you guys come to that race? We did like Boon Bala. We had a, we had a regional qualifier there one time. Uh, do you remember that or are you too young? I know your dad was there. I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, for a regional for Loretta's? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, when we were younger, we were, you know, we were going to all the amateur national stuff and doing, uh, you know, doing, trying, trying to do Loretta's thing, um, going to the areas and regionals and all that. Um, so yeah, I'm sure. Definitely. This sure. one, yeah, I think you'd remember it. Was that a, it, well, it was like 2004, maybe. 2003 or four that's been a while so you you were what in diapers then so disregard yeah <laughs> that maybe maybe would have been a little bit yeah a little bit before uh i probably would have been uh on pw 50s or, or maybe 50 i know your dad was but there yeah. i'm sure of it because your dad and i talked about it okay yeah it's a, it was at a ski resort and um we had a <laughs> we had a regional qualifier there we built the track after we got the race we went to work on the track oh, it was you- and they had a chairlift and everything. Yes. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I was on 50s at the time. Yep. I do remember that. Yeah. I remember being able to ride up the chairlift. I do remember that for sure. Yeah. Riding cool. up the chairlift. That's cool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it is cool. It's cool to see you succeeding now in road racing. It's really neat, man. It's really cool. Do you still get to yeah, train no, with I your. Can... Go ahead. I uh, still get to train with who? Your brother, I was just wondering, you got a biker brother, mountain bike brother, I would imagine, uh, you know, we don't meet many bicyclists that aren't very fit, and uh, most motorcycle racers use bicycles to train. Do you get to ride with your bro much or not? Uh, Yeah, yeah, he actually, uh, so he, he was actually just out in Big Bear, California. He did his first ever uh, downhill mountain bike race, and uh, he actually ended up winning the um it was like the Fox U.S. Open or whatever. He actually won his age group uh, this past weekend um, in the 19 to 29 class, I believe it was. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, 
we we try and get in as as much mountain biking and road biking um as we can down here in Houston um and I actually live like a mile from Garrett Gruloff so um he's been mainly my my training partner for the past uh, year or so um riding motocross uh road biking um going to the gym um and then we we've, we've been doing a lot of supermoto lately out at a local go-kart track so yeah, and he's been on a he's been on a tear. Uh, he got that that great win. Unfortunately, round race two, that was um, it was an unfortunate race two for him. Was that in New Jersey or was that pit race? I want to say it was New Jersey. When he, uh, his uh, his motor blew up in the in the second race at uh that Pittsburgh. Oh, it was uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, and then he won. He won the race at uh, BIR here. Or sorry, New Jersey um, in the first race, and then in the morning warm up, he uh, he had a, a, a get off and hit his head pretty good. And That's it. That's race. yeah. It was New Jersey. He won race one, and then had a bit of a. He's doing okay. He's, he remembers his name. Remembers your name. <laughs> he's good to go. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's doing good. We uh, I actually I was at New Jersey. Uh, we we rode up, up there with him, and I was working the uh, Garrett Gerloff merchandise booth all weekend up there. So. Um, I was selling some T-shirts while I'm in my downtime. <laughs> hey, Caleb, what advice would you give to uh, young racers and even in particular uh, the, the parents? Because as, as we've seen some uh, water uh, bottle-throwing parents um, perhaps can use a little direction, but what advice would you give to uh, young racers? Um. Man, I, I would I would definitely just say the biggest thing for me, um, honestly, is is just enjoying the the process. I think a lot of families these days, um, they're so set on the goal of being a you know a professional racer or rider at, at any level. Um, really, in in uh, you know I, I see it in in motocross and in road racing. They're so focused on. Um, the end result that they don't enjoy the the ride of getting there. And like, um, that's one of the biggest things for me is like just all the trips that we went on as a family and, and all the fun things that we did, um, along the way and, and getting to becoming a pro rider. I feel like people kind of lose touch of like, um, staying in the moment, you know, they're so focused on becoming a pro and, and everything that comes with that. And, um, you know, I, I feel like uh, I feel like that's just a, a really big um, thing that that some people are kind of missing. You know, like like I see all these all these kids out there that are just like so focused on on getting to that next level that they really miss. You know, like enjoying getting there. I guess if that makes sense. Absolutely does, and it it just brings to mind you you don't see uh, a lot of. Uh people at, at in in this sport probably in any other sport at the top who aren't having a good time the guys at the top are having a good time if you talk to Garrett Gerloff, JD Beach, Jake Lewis, you name them I mean the up and comers of our national series those guys are happy when they're riding a motorcycle they really enjoy doing it it puts a smile on their face and you you're absolutely right Caleb if you if you lose track of that and you aren't having a you don't have a smile on your helmet what the heck's the point yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I know at Laguna Seca, just 
you know, just getting the opportunity to be back on a road race bike in, in Moto America, like I was, I was just ecstatic, you know, um, uh, just, just even being out there, you know, and, and honestly, we didn't really expect much, uh, just because like I was jumping on this bike for the, like literally the frame, the bike was a frame two weeks before or three weeks before Laguna, um, and Patrick at, at Roaring Toys, I mean, he did an amazing job even even getting the thing uh, put together uh, before Laguna. And then, uh, you know, really th- that bike that I raced, the first time it was on track was in uh, morning warm-up at Laguna Seca. Like, that was the first ever lap it did. Um, so, I mean, we didn't really expect much just because I had only ridden the FC07 one time before that at Pit Race. Um, we knew with the pace that I was running at Pit Race um, that – you know, I, I could be up front contending for wins. Um, but, but, you know, we just, uh, we, we went into it pretty, pretty humble and just like, you know, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't really expect much because, uh, we know that it would take a little while to get the, you know, FC07 kind of dialed. And, um, with the road racing, there's a lot of little fine tuning, um, (laughs) uh, just, just to get the bike working for the track. And, and for me as the rider as well, um, you know, certain riders like, like different things and, and, uh, with a whole different bike, obviously if it was like an R6 or something that I've been racing for a long time, um, it would have been a little bit easier, but, but, uh, we found a pretty good setup for the race and actually I qualified 12 because, uh, the setup was just like horrendous at, at, in the, in the qualifying session, we, we, uh, we changed spring rates and they forgot to put the preload back in the front end. And there's a couple of bumps on that track. And like, there's this fast left-hander before you go up the hill to the corkscrew. And in that fast left-hander, there's like a big bump. So like every single lap I came through there and I was just like, I knew it was going to happen, but the front end would just like bounce off the bottom and, uh, it, it would slide out and I would have to catch it with my knee every single lap. And then there was this bump coming down the corkscrew that I would have to catch the bike with my knee and save it. And I'm like, honestly, like I had only ridden the FC07 one time before that, and it was at a different track. So in qualifying, I'm like, is this just like, is this how the FC07s are? Like, I'm not, like, this is crazy. I'm going to get hurt or something. Yeah, you don't want to have to catch it on your knee. That's, uh, for those who haven't done that, that's, you, repeating it is only done at a very uh, professional level. That's usually the beginning of what most people call a crash. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I was like, you know, I mean, just, just with the limited time we've had on that bike, and at Moto America rounds, you only get, uh, well, especially there, because it's, it's in conjunction with uh, World Superbike, so there wasn't you know, a whole lot of track time for the classes. Um, and they're trying to fit a lot into the schedule. So we just had, uh, like one morning warm up, one qualifying session and one race. So like, you know, you had to, you had to get everything, um, dialed pretty quick. So we realized after qualifying or we had one morning warm up Saturday before the race. And, and, uh, if you guys, I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners have been to uh, Laguna Seca, but, uh, in the morning it's always got this like fog over the track and uh it's like it's it's almost like it's raining while you're going around the track and and uh surprisingly the track still has a ton of grip but um it just kind of messes with you because you got like water running down your your uh, windshield and and visor but 
but yet your you know your, your grip level is pretty much like you're in the dry. So um, that's how our morning warm up was, and that was the only other time I got to ride the bike before huh. the race. And so like that was our that was our test run to kind of see where we were at for our race setup. And I didn't really I was like, well, I don't really know where the bike was at because the, the the fog kind of mentally slows you down a little bit. It would me. <laughs> Um, all right, so Caleb, here we go. Uh, sponsors, who would you like to thank? Yeah, I got to thank uh, Southeast Sales, um, Roaring Toys, obviously, for, for the opportunity of getting back on a road race bike in Moto America, 1833 CJ Nose. Um, you guys are talking about helmets earlier. I got to give a huge shout out to Bell Helmets for keeping me safe. Uh, no concussions or anything in my 160 mile an hour uh, crash. Uh, FXR Moto, Mind Effect Science, um, Full Moto USA, Evan School, Sport Bike Track Time, and Moto Stuff for uh, supporting me. Nice job out of you. Great conversation. Uh, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. There we go. Caleb DeCarroll, and uh, even PJ was um, remarking about his brothers and the whole family, and he's right. Fun is the objective. And when you lose sight of that, perhaps you should get out of it, you know? Racing is like any other sport. Right now, uh, team sports across America are down some 30%, and there's a reason why. And uh, it's because we've taken the fun, I think, out of uh, sports in general. Anyway, uh, when we come back, Stefano Mesa is going to be joining us. That's He's waiting in the wings, this portion of our program brought to you by... The light hydrogen racewear that Fly Racing makes. Look for them online at flyracing.com for more details or at a dealer near you. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashion You. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.